Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Alison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I would love for you to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or follow the show if you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. My guest today is powerhouse vocalist Chris Daughtry. We talk all about his new song, Artificial, and how he got into Terminator shape for his epic music video. His journey from American Idol contestant to having the fastest selling debut rock album in SoundScan history, being asked to sing for Aerosmith, coping with family tragedy, and the biggest question of all. Is he really the Keanu Reeves of the music industry? And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice. New music you need to know. It all starts now. Ooh, I got to check this stuff out a little bit I, more. I love that you've been watching the yeah, show. That yeah, means a lot to me. Yeah. W- which episode have you loved? So, uh, loved Kay Flay. Um, awesome. Apparently, we have the same business manager. Oh, um, and um, and you just mentioned- finished Young Blood, which is great, and um, and I loved Corgans. Ah, and I started and I started one. watching um, uh, Royal and the Serpent, but uh, ran out of time. Yeah, thank you. That means so much to me, honestly. That you've uh, been watching the show, of course, I appreciate of course. That. Well, you know, I've been wanting to have you on for a while, so. and I've been wanting to be on for a while. So this this was this was perfect. Also, talk to me about your T-shirt because this is a sick shirt you have right oh, here. Oh, thank you. Um, I love Billy Idol so much. I do too. Much, yeah. So much. I feel like he's like underrated. Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like people don't realize. He still has it. Oh, he still does. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you cut that shirt yourself? I did. Okay. I, I cut the neck out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a perpetual neck cutter. <laughs> well, when you have a neck like this, you must show the neck. Show said the neck. The pectoral yeah. tops <laughs> yeah, must yeah, be yeah. shown. Got to show the striations, right? Um, no, I, uh, I, I either cut sleeves or, or collars. Yeah. I do the same. Yeah. Or I have a body, an Aerosmith bodysuit, which is hard to find, but I have it right now. That's pretty awesome. And I also wore it partially for you because I know I heard the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that you did receive a call one day from Joe I Perry. I did. I did. Please that, tell me this. So I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm off tour. We're, uh, we're working on, uh, getting ready to go into a second record, or at least we were writing for it. I don't know if we'd already started recording. Either, either way, I'm at home and I have the kids in the back back of the car and they're just talking and being loud. And they're younger at the time, older too. And um, and I get this random phone call and I, I can't remember if it was an unknown number or if it said Joe Perry, but I answered it and it was Joe Perry. And and. <laughs> I think I think it was random because I don't think I would have had his number. I had met him before, but I don't think we had ever swapped information. So I'm so not I, only is it Joe Perry, but you're sort of like, how does he have my number? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's kind of awesome. So yeah. he he, uh, hey man, it's Joe Perry, and I'm just like, skirt. Yeah, legend. <laughs> y'all need to shut up. <laughs> y'all have no idea who is on the phone right now. Exactly. And uh, and and he was like, um, hey, I don't know what. Um, and I think this was like right when when Stephen went on Idol, and there there was a p- very public rift going on, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, "I don't know what Stephen's doing right now, but we want to work." Um, 
so uh, you want to come out with us and you got some cool songs we could play too or something like that. And I'm just sitting here thinking, is this real? Like, yeah. is this a, is this really Joe Perry? <laughs> Who's fucking <laughs> right. with me right now? Yeah, and, uh, and um, I just remember going, I can't even think about being in the same place as one of my heroes. Yes, I get it. A, like that, that just feels on, wrong on so many levels. And he wasn't saying like, replace Steven and Aerosmith. It was more like, we still want to go out and, and play shows, but you'll be singing Aerosmith songs. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I was just like, man, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I was like, that is incredibly flattering. We're working on a second record. We're just like getting started right now. And I'm like, this, let me get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> you I know? need to process And so I call my manager. I'm like, yeah. uh, what do I say here? <laughs> and yeah. he's like, you can't. I was like, yeah, obviously. But like, I don't want to upset the fact that, you know, this dude, this rock god called me to be uh you know their their singer and it was it was very flattering and then i find out later that i think he had reached out to um a, a few other people um and now that i think about it i feel like maybe i'm making this up in my head but i feel like billy idol might have been one of wow uh the the other uh contenders i don't know that's actually pretty epic but I'm, I'm glad how it all worked out now. Yeah, Back with yeah. Steven. I'm like, yeah. I'll be seeing them at the forum in December. I love them. I mean, one of the greatest uh, How's his voice holding up? I know. That, that sounded That sounds horrible. Awful. That in, it's injury. Injured yeah, his voice. I've, I've, vocal cords. Yeah. I don't know what vocal cord bleeding looks or feels like, but it sounds like nothing I want to have anything to do with. I mean, the fact <laughs> that not only are they still doing after all this time, but crushing it. Yeah. And I know? just saw a video. Someone I follow, uh, you ever... Uh, plush. Yes, of course. I um, love plush. And uh, Bella, the guitar player, had posted a video from the show. I think the night before they had to, and I was like, "He uh, sounds awesome, incredible. He sounds just like like hits every note yeah, I'm dreaming yeah. on." I'm not kidding. I yeah. saw them somewhat recently, and I was blown away. Yeah, I was like, "This is gold." And then I hear that news. I'm like, "Oh wow, didn't yeah. see that coming." Well, he is human. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, after all, and and but like he's still going for it. That's that's the. Yeah, that's inspirational. What's inspirational is artificial. Oh. I want to talk about it because <laughs> what a banger. Thank you. Perhaps one of your hardest songs. I think it is the hardest thing we've ever released. Um, just so fun. It's so fun to like that was like way before I ever, you know, went on American Idol or or I was always into heavier heavier mm -hmm. stuff like even you know like when i first got into music like i'm all over the place right now no but, i love it i want to talk about all of it i always gravitated towards uh i was always a singer's person like yeah oh, like like who were some I, of your favorite singers? oh god um well going way back to childhood i was always just a sucker for a killer melody mm -hmm. and a voice that sold it you yes. know, and, and whether that was pop music or, 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 or was rock or whatever it was, or country, it was always the voice and the melody first and foremost. So like, 
I fucking loved Rick Astley growing up. Oh, you know what fantastic. I mean? Like, like l- anything that 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 was catchy. I didn't care what it was saying. It was about the melody and the voice. And then fast forward to my brother introducing me to a band called Live, <sighs> um, Throwing Copper, and so good. And I think I, it was around the same time that I was also introduced to Super Unknown from my cousin. It was like this perfect storm of like, holy shit, this is this is what I'm missing out on. Like, yes. this is music. And all of a sudden, like, that's where everything was was uh, like the aggression, the the angst, the I didn't care what they were saying. I just knew that I felt something. And so it just progressively started getting heavier and heavier. Then I got into Tool. Then I got into uh, Seven Dust and everything just was like. I kind of feel this. I love what they're doing over here, but I kind of like the aggression over here. How do we bridge that, you know, melodic, you know, singability with, with, with the heavy music. And then I kind of lost myself. You know, I, I think, I think, you know, um, take me, you know, get, getting on that show and then getting wrapped up into the, commercial side of things and 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 you got the voices in your head Mm -hmm. or or outside of your head telling you what yeah this is what's gonna work this is what's gonna sell this is what we need to do and first record you know was pretty much um uh kind of me uh, being allowed to do what i wanted to do with a slight leash you know what i mean yeah um and then it progressively got more and more about radio songs this is what these guys are doing right now so i don't know if guitars are cool anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and in starting to like listen to that in in some weird effort to stay relevant and so you start to believe all of these things that you're hearing and starting to see what other bands are doing and and I got caught up in in all the, you know, the numbers, the yeah. the how do we stay on the charts? How do we how do we keep selling records in this climate? And I completely forgot. Oh shit, I'm not doing what I love. And so fast forward to getting off of RCA, finishing that contract, and the pandemic, and I was able to take a step back and go. If I'm watching me on stage right now, am I seeing what I saw when I would see the bands that I love and and am I feeling the same thing? And if not, then I'm fucking doing it wrong and I'm not doing what's what's here. Yes. And so I went back and started listening to those records that inspired me, you know, Anima, Facelift, Dirt and and Secret Samadhi and, (sighs) and Throwing Copper and super unknown bad mm-hmm. motor finger all those records right and i was like feeling re-energized and alive and i was like this is what i should be doing duh yes you know it was this course. whole like no-brainer moment and then there was this fear of like is rock radio gonna even give me another shot and when we put out dearly beloved and we had three top so good 15s and two 
top tens and I was like, changes are coming. Oh you know, it's my favorite though. Oh, thank changes you. Are coming. Thank you. I love that song. Oh, thank you. Um, it's so funny. We were just, <laughs> I got to tell the story. Yeah. We were just talking about that song the other day. Like, what did that chart at? What, like, cause we, when we're writing the set list, like, is this, does anyone know this? <laughs> my front of house guy walks in and goes, I was just in uh, the Walmart in Burbank the other day in the bathroom and I hear changes are coming. To it. And I was like, well, I guess it did pretty good. You know you've made it if you're in the bathroom at Walmart. I mean, you hear your song. I've heard our songs in grocery stores, but I never heard, you know, the newer stuff in the bathroom at Walmart. So that, that was it. like instant validation. Yeah. So um, what else could you ask for? But that was pretty much my journey, my mental journey on getting back to what I. And so it was like, and then we did the separate ways cover, which was oh, a little heavier, a little so heavier. It was good. like creeping in. And then when we wrote artificial, I was like, let's just fucking go. Let's go exactly where we've been wanting to go without thinking about radio, without thinking about, is this going to be too heavy for our fans? I don't, I actually don't care. Like, I just wanted to put out what felt right to me. And it's re the reaction has just been like un believably positive and so encouraging. And it made me feel like, you know, obviously you, you want to, regardless of how anybody feels about it, you want to feel good about it yourself. But when everyone else feels the same way you do, it's this like, oh, shit, I can breathe. Yeah, you know? I get it. It's such an incredible song. It's an, it's a banger. Thank of you. course, it's about AI and the darkness and yeah, dangers yeah. behind it. All, all the, all the, the, the worst case scenarios. Yeah, right? the worst case scenarios. Terminator. <laughs> to, which brings us to the video, which is so Terminator yeah. in the best way. Let's talk about your physique. I, we have to. <laughs> I mean, it is impressive. First of all, you shared with me, it's like your favorite thing you've ever done yeah, in this video. And I yeah. get it. I get yeah. it. You have always been fit, but I feel like this video, this song is almost like a culmination for you. Like everything yeah. has led you to this moment. I really feel that way. Um, my my obsession with sci-fi and comic books and and uh, action films growing up. And it, I got to a point where I was like, how how can I just incorporate all of it? Yeah. What, like, what, you know, I, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be, you know, the next Jean-Claude Van Damme when I was a kid, you know. And and I was like, why can't I do it all? Why can't I put it all into, you know, what we're doing? And and that was kind of this liberation of stepping away from a label and and getting to really hear my own voice again. And even when it comes down to how I was dressing on stage, like, I I, I stopped. I think I went through a long phase of just, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. like, what is, what are they doing? Oh, is that how I do it? You know, as opposed to just being unapologetically myself and, and, uh, it, it all kind of came to this video. It all, yeah. it all, you know, we didn't have anybody like doing our wardrobe or anything like that. And, and, I didn't want, even for the photo shoot for the, for the last ride, I, was, I didn't want that. It's like, why? Right. Like, why don't we just show up and yes. <laughs> what we, you know, what we feel is, is us. And, and, uh, so yeah, this video, this idea came from, you know, obviously the, the song is, is talking about the, you know, the darkest part of AI. And obviously there's many, many great things mm -hmm. about AI that we use in our everyday life. But it's like social media. It's like in the wrong hands. It's of it's course. completely destructive, of right? Course. And 
And so it was like the first time I'd written a song that really didn't have any kind of hope. Right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. And I was okay, and I was aware of that. I was very self-aware of that. And at the same time, it just felt so good to listen to. And it reminded me of like, I remember when Scott Stevens, our producer, played me the riff and we were having this conversation about, you know, chat GPT and all these different, different things that were happening. And um, he was talking about like, oh, man, I had my wife had dinner with her friends who are AI coders and this isn't shit like it's What's, so much worse than it's we realize. It's so much worse yeah. that, that, that's happening that we don't know yet that's coming out. And he's like, I, what if we just wrote a song about it? Like something about becoming artificial. I was like, why don't we just call it artificial? And he's like, well, tell me what you think of this riff. And he played just the opening riff. And I was like, that sounds so like Imperial March, like, yeah. like Darth Vader. I'm like it, just, it was just like, this sounds so dark. I love it. And I'm so obsessed with you know uh sleep token and i just and I it just had token. this it reminded me of our version of that you know and i was just like yes let's lean in hard and we had already been writing like i think we'd already had like five or six tunes written for this new album oh really and we kind of pumped the brakes on everything once we wrote this and i was I like see. this is it like Focus. we need to we need to hone in on this one and get the band in on it and and let's let's go. This is the first single. And they were all and Scott and Marty, our, my producers, yeah. were, were both like, yeah, I kind of agree. And at this point, we have no release date in sight of a record. It didn't matter. I was like, this is this is the best thing I've ever done. This is the best thing we've got right now. Let's fucking go with this. And so I, I instantly had this idea of like, you know, cyborg me or, or, you know, some sort of, I had a very expensive idea, <laughs> put it that way, <laughs> that now I have to sell um, my new record label on, yes. you know, which we'll get to which that. Which I want to talk about, Big Machine. And, yeah. and, and this was a true... Um, this was a moment when I realized that I did the right thing by signing with them. Um, because what they wanted to spend versus what I wanted to spend could not have been any further apart. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so yeah. we had to go, this is why we need to spend this. This is the idea that I have. And I feel like this song deserves this vision. And they said, okay, let's go. And uh, we had already had the team lined up to, to do this video with the treatment and, with, and everything. And it was the most fun I've ever had shooting a video. Like it was, I'm walking into this room the day before that just looks like a storage room. And then the next day it looks like a full-blown lab from like Westworld or something. Exactly. And I'm so just like, Westworld. I love that reference. And it's all practical effects. And it was so cool and like old school. And then this stuff we shot with the band is in front of this real engine, which or unreal engine rather, which is like the shit they're using on like Mandalorian and, and, and TV and film these days where you're interacting with this background that is following the camera and it's so cool to see on on film like oh my god we're in this like 
post-apocalyptic world, even, you know, it's not like we're having to react to a green screen. We actually feel like we're a part of it. And um, it was so much fun. And everyone involved was so into this idea that they just wanted to make the best piece of art they could. And you could see it every, it was the least stressful video shoot I think I've ever been on. And it was, it was all from this brainchild that, that I created in my head. And I didn't know how it was going to come to life. I just knew I needed people that knew how to do that shit. And so Ethan Manneke, who directed it, who did like, he co-directed Machete and Sin City mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff with Robert Rodriguez. and. He was so in and, and we all had this same idea. Like we wanted to reference like all these old school, like, like alien, you know, Terminator and, um, ex machina. And, and, uh, so anyone who was like, Oh, it's a rip off of Terminator. It's completely intentional. Like we, we wanted to go oh, there it's with an this. Inspira- all the inspiration. And, it was, yeah. Yeah. and so it was so much fun and I felt like it needed to go hard. I felt like it needed to be, like jarring in a way. Yeah. Because we've been so safe this entire time that I, I was so over that. Mm-hmm. I wanted something provocative, something that, that would, my wife, like she was, when I showed her the rough cut, she had no idea what was coming and she's watching and she's crying because she's like, because so of how good you looked <laughs> because of how proud she was like, yeah. Oh my God, I've never seen you do anything Aww. like this. And then she sees me get my brains blown out. Mm-hmm. And, but it was like, so there was this like double edged sword, like, like, yes, that was jarring, but don't really love seeing my husband. You know? yeah. But it, at the same time, it was like, you did it. Like, you did it. and I literally like just wept Aww. because Anytime she is like, re- like, cause she holds no punches and she's the first to tell me if something sucks or if something's just like, eh, you know, she keeps it real. You did it, but right. it's, you know, I feel like you've done that before. You know, she was like, oh my God, like I see all the work you put in. Wow. And, um, so yeah, long what a story short, that was I, for you like this video that. was such a, uh, cathartic experience for me as an artist. Like I felt like I was finally creating something that meant something bigger than myself, you know? I love that. And I appreciate that because music videos really shaped us, you know? I mean, of course, super unknown. And it was also the Black Hole Sun video, you know? So videos were so important. I almost feel like it's sad where music videos have become like a lost art form. And then seeing your video for this, I was like, yes. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it was a it's a film. Yeah. It's a film. It feels like a culmination for you. And of course, your physique, like yeah. for real, you know. Um, that was a lot of work. Talk to me about that. So, you know, I appreciate So that. I had been, you know, you know, for those who have been following my Instagram for the last two or three years, I've been peppering in like, you know, progress shots here and there just to kind of show that I was taking this serious, mostly to hold myself accountable. Yes. Like, so I put it out there. I got to stick to it. Right. And, um, but I was never, I, I was always like, no, I want to post too much. It feels a little self-serving. And, but I got to a point People where I was it. like, I'm really, I'm actually where I want to be. Finally. You know, I've, my obsession with comic books and bodybuilding my whole life. I, I finally 
look the way I always wanted to. And so I'm being proud of that. A. B. I want to inspire other people. Of course. I, um, I, I know how hard it is. I know, and, and you as well, you know the work it takes and the, and the commitment and the, the daily battles you fight in your own head yeah. to do it or not. Oh, my God. Do I really fucking feel like doing this today? And forcing myself to just get something in and over with, even on the road, like I, I developed these other habits, you know, instead of sleeping in, I'm going to go walk the town, you know, just little things throughout the day. Like, like we talked about, you know, having a gym in your house. Yes, I don't have time changer. for an hour and a half workout. The kids are busy for probably about 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Same. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to run in. in there and I'm going to do a couple sets of something, something just to give me a mental victory. Right. That's literally what I do. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. And so doing that sort of stuff multiple times a day, every day all adds up. And a lot of people think this, oh, you know, this is overnight or whatever. I've been working on this for three years at least, but I also worked really hard as a teenager, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you know, you get that satellite muscle, like where, where it like, it, it bounces back, you know, once you, once you kind of reprogram mm -hmm. yourself and change your shitty eating habits and, right. and take things seriously again, it, it you, you tend to bounce back once you get over the hump rather quickly. But this was a three-year journey. And then I, I had kind of gotten myself to a place where I'm like, this is the video I want to make. But how far can I go? Like, how, how, how really dialed in can I get here? So I have a really amazing uh, friend slash mentor who um, he, we train remotely sometimes, but mostly I train myself. He just you know, he gives me a lot of, you know, uh, information and, and a lot of coaching, a lot of, um, you know, strategic dieting things, when to eat this, but right. I don't restrict myself very much. I eat clean mostly. And I go off the rails like once a week. Got right? it. But this, you know, right the two weeks leading up to this, oh, yeah, it's there hardcore. was no going there's, off the there's rails. There's no room. There was no room for fit. I was walking every day with a 40-pound weighted vest at, after every meal uh, or every, every dinner, every night. Uh, walked the neighborhood for like 30 minutes with 40 pounds on me, training in the day, and just really being methodical about my diet. But like how I, clean I were love, you eating? But I got to love what I eat. I, I, yeah. I'm not miserable. Right. And, and I, uh, I got hooked up with this company, Megafit Meals, which I've done a lot of meal services before. And this isn't like some, they're not paying me to say this. I've done other meal services. You've, you've done them too. Yes, they're bland. And it's like. The worst. It's fuel. Yeah, it's fuel. That it's, sucks. Right. It's, that life sucks. sucks. It does that suck. That is not fun at all. So I tried these uh, upon the recommendation of uh, my my day-to-day -day manager, actually. And and she was like, you got to check these out. And and I was like, all right, I'll try it. I've tried other ones, you know. And I was like, this is doable. I could literally do this every day. It, and it's not, it, it it's clean, but it's it's not like making me miserable and hate my life. Right. This is making, so and I don't have to think. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you got your macros and yeah. you can customize it. And that's great. Like, I need more protein because I'm a hard gainer. So I have to double up on the chicken or the, the steak and then do the greens or the, the, like I love asparagus. 
So like air Which frying. Which is the best before so a shoot. Air, uh, yeah. air frying asparagus or Brussels sprouts. That's so like, great. I, love, it, I just, I'm lucky that I love stuff that's, yeah. that's actually good for you too. But I used to be the worst junk food junkie. Like, like it was any given day you'd see a double cheeseburger and yeah. fries in my hands. Well, or, it's a whole or, mindset or a six pack shift. Of beer, you know, well, you like, kind of become almost like addicted to it, yeah. you know, where you crave it. But once yeah. you kind of reset, then you start to crave that. Yeah. So we got here, yeah, and that is true, by yeah. the way. All it takes is you know a couple of days of sugar, and you're like, I think I want more of that. Yes. But, but I, I flew my trainer out with me because I was like, I want you to be on set with me. I want you to tell me when to eat, what to eat. And yes. and we trained hard a couple days before we got out here, like three days before the shoot, because I wanted to really be prepared mentally, physically. And um, so we trained hard. And then the day before was no training, like let all right. the inflammation get out of your body, drink a ton of water, hydrate, dial the carbs back up the protein. And then the day before the shoot you carb load carb load yeah. <laughs> and i'm i'm on set and i'm like can i eat another rice cake with totally. sun butter and jelly yes. and hemp seeds and dates and all the nuts and oh loving it and so it was like every hour i would have another rice best. cake with and i love that stuff so i'm not like oh this is i love it you know, too. I, so i'm I love like it too. so i'm i'm just waiting for my next rice cake right and uh and then the next day it was um, kind of the same, but just dialing it back on the portions because you don't want to be like full stomach when you're out there shooting and you don't want to be, you know, overhydrated where you're holding water, but you don't want to be underhydrated where I'm having muscle cramps on the, it's on the such set. A so sweet it was, spot. It was a tightrope. And what sucks is we had to shoot the band first because uh, our guitar player had a thing he had to get back to. So we needed to shoot that stuff first instead of the shirtless scene. That was that was <laughs> end of the day. So I'm like, I'm I'm mentally freaking out going. Can we just get this? I'm I've visual, been working towards this I'm like moment. looking at myself going, I'm, I'm, I'm holding too much water now. This right. sucks. And, and, and yeah. then I see the, the monitor. I'm like, oh, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I look pretty good right I'm now, like, actually. I'm like, can, we, can, we, can we hit it from this side? This is my good side. <laughs> so Let's annoying. have the lighting overhead. <laughs> oh, oh, I was very instrumental in, in the yeah. placement of that lighting because it was hitting me from the right. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> The symmetry over here is so much it's better. It's so good. So, so, uh, and, and it took years for me to like get to a place where I could comfortably tell a director or a photographer without feeling like I'm just being bougie and right. extra. Like, no, you know what? I know myself enough to know that when I see this shot afterwards, I'm going to be kicking my own ass yes. for not saying something. Plus so, you worked so hard yeah, to get yeah. to this moment. I know moment. what I've been looking at for the last yes. three weeks. We got to hit it from this angle. Yeah. And, and, and my, um, my trainer, he, he's this vegan bodybuilder and he's just yoked, shredded to the max. He's like the anomaly. Like you don't see many vegans look like this. And I'm thinking he's going to be there the whole time watching the monitors because that's what I brought him out. They cast him in the fucking video <laughs> and now he's a security guard. In the back. So he's over there, like in between takes, <laughs> checking hilarious. on me, going, okay, like go ahead and do a few push ups and let's get the, get the veins Wait, popping. That's incredible. 
That is amazing. So he's the dude with the big beard and the, the oh slick back hair. Oh, my God. He with got the gun. Cast in yeah. the video. Yeah, he got cast. Which you. is funny because my yeah. wife said, why don't you get Fraser in the video? This was like before I flew out to L.A. I was like, well, I don't know if there's a place for him. A, um, I don't know if he wants to do that. But if the opportunity arises, I'm sure he'll be... Day one on the set, my my director's like, you want to be a security guard? <laughs> I was like, well, she's going to love this. She suggested it. So something similar happened to me. I was a and Lamb of God at the time uh-huh. when I was doing A&R Epic Records. And I go as their A&R person to the set of their Redneck video. Yeah. And I'm there supposed to sort of like oversee everything. And then the band's like, they're the best. I love them. They're like, Allison, you need to be part of the video. So before I knew it, all of a sudden I'm wearing a Lamb of God t-shirt, which we somehow made into a dress. And yeah. I'm like hanging with the band on this like bus scene. I'm the one who like throws down the security guard into the floor. That's and awesome. And I'm like, this is epic. That this is, is epic. Did, did you have like the best time of your life? It was life? the best yeah. time. We bonded so much because of that. And that we ended up so getting awesome. a Grammy nomination for Redneck. So like it all worked out. It was like that the planets so were cool. aligned. It was such a cool chapter. Did you sure. ever, did you ever like. Was acting ever like a part of your oh for sure trajectory? absolutely like, yeah. absolutely S- similar to you because yeah, yeah. you've, you've done some acting yeah not a, not as much as I'd like um, mm-hmm. I I do like I, I did I did musical theater in high school um, when I that was kind of me realizing that football was not my thing um, I was it. only doing that because my friends did it and it was I I, I was pretty athletic but I but. I was athletic. I had the capabilities. I was not very good. <laughs> you got know what it. I mean? Like, like I can run fast. I can hit. And now you got me running a play. I can't catch a ball to the save coordination. my fucking... Yeah, the cor- like, coordination. It, I didn't get it. And I was just like, this isn't my thing. I got into musical theater and I was just like, oh, this is, this is like, this is what I want to do. And so before that, I wanted to be a comic book artist. That was my first love. And then um, I found musical theater i knew i didn't want to do musical theater but it was it was kind of like oh well at the time not many people knew i could sing anyway so it was like oh this is kind of a way to like when did you realize you could sing that's a really good question um i remember at a very young age like i said i was obsessed with singers but I didn't consider myself one. I just felt like everybody could do what I was doing. I was just mimicking what I heard on the radio. And so I would sing along and and I, I remember my cousin would always like, do the Rick Astley impression. And uh, <laughs> I love that Rick Astley has has had such an effect on you. He, he's had it's a so massive great. effect. Um, it's so good. But that was, that I, I, it was just a really vivid moment in my childhood. Um, and... Uh, so I thought I could kind of emulate stuff and I would always like emulate like cartoon characters and stuff like that. So, but I never considered myself a singer and no one knew me as a singer. So it was always this like, well, how do I tell somebody that that's what I, you know, like yeah. this weird, uncomfortable feeling of like, even my best friends that have known me my whole life. How do I all of a sudden go, ta-da, I'm yeah. a singer. And so I think it was like, in my teens, I, I'm me and my parents. We moved to Virginia, right? and this was right around the time I was introduced to those records I was telling you about earlier. Uh, I forgot about the Black Album, by the way, of Metallica course. Black Album. That was the other one. My brother had just gotten back from the military, and he was like, "That was my introduction to metal." And I was like, <gasps> "My head exploded." I'm like, "This is the best thing I've ever heard," and um, and so I, I, 
I was always kind of drawn to it, but I didn't see myself as a singer. I, I, I'm an artist. This is what I do. This is what everybody knows me for. I'm, you know, and, and I'm a clown. So like, you know, I acting like that's easy to sell people on. And I remember I would, I would find myself trying to sing along to these records and, and, um, and I felt like I could kind of do it. Like I was, I was kind of like, I kind of sound, I think I sound like, like I'm able to do, like, maybe I'm good at this. Right. So I started to kind of believe it myself. And I remember, and I'm in high school and, um, my friend in, in, well, he wasn't my friend at the time, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm in algebra class and there's a, there's a guy in there by the name of Robert Nesbitt who he always had his guitar. And I remember one day he was over there playing. And I, by the way, I grew up around music my whole life. My dad played guitar, my, my granddad lap steel, like, Love I didn't care. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my, it wasn't what I was into. It wasn't the music I was into. Um, it just didn't appeal to me. I remember my dad trying to show me some chords when I was like nine or 10. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'm good. And I just didn't give a shit. And then fast forward to now, this, this dude's over here playing, you know, fellow on black days. Ugh. And, and I'm like, oh, that's my jam. It had to be music that resonated and with it you resonated that you with discovered. Me. And so we start um, kind of chatting and coming buds. And, and one day, my algebra teacher, who I've credited for my career, actually, um, decided we're going to do, I guess he was bored. He had no. He had no, <laughs> he had no lesson plan that. Well, day. he's an algebra teacher. It's sort of boring. He said. Although I do he was algebra. fucking cool, by the yeah. way. Ron Schultz, my algebra oh, so teacher, cool. who has come to shows ever since. Um, he was a young algebra teacher in his twenties. Um, he was the cool teacher, um, and he would. He was the kind of dude where I would be like, I'm really into. Uh, Soundgarden. He's like, oh yeah, well you haven't heard these albums, and he would bring oh, me like Omega, really cool. Ultra Omega, okay, and and louder than you know, louder yeah, than love. love yeah. And I'm like, he, he's like, oh yeah, you like live? Well, I saw him when I was in college. They, uh, played, yes, the best. they played at my my. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, so he he was he was like seeing them when they before they even blew up, and I'm like, this is the coolest. Yeah. So one day he goes, get in groups and. Write a song or poem using the terms we're we're learning this week, and I'm just like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." I mean, that's amazing. So I was like, Robert Nesbitt, this girl that I am blanking on her name. I feel really bad about that. It's a it's the three of us. We're in a group. She writes the lyrics, and because she you know, wrote poetry. And so she, she had it down. I was like, Oh, cool. I was like, dude, come to my house later today. And let's like really do this. Like, let's, you were hardcore about it. You're like, let's, let's do it. Let's for real. actually make, I'm, I'm half joking, but almost like, dude, what if we come in tomorrow and blow their minds? And he's like, do you even sing? I was like, just come over. And, and so I got the piece of paper. 
I know the name of the song. I can't remember the the melody. I can't remember the lyrics, but it was called Average. (laughs) 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 And he starts playing this beautiful finger picking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. I'm just marinating. And I've never written a song. I've never done anything like this. And I just start humming this, like in this low register. And he stops. He's like, dude, you sound like Tracy Chapman. (laughs) I was like, yes, I love Tracy Chapman. And it was, it was the lack of confidence. I didn't know how far my reach was. And, and also I'm terrified. I've never done this in front of anyone. And so we get it together and I'm like, get the nerves out. He's like, dude, I had no idea. This is incredible. You need to join my band. He had a band. They did covers. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Show it to my parents. My parents are like, oh, my God, this is crazy. We go to, the ne- we go to school the next day. And I was like, Mr. Schultz, you mind if we? He's like, absolutely. Because uh, they're so all good. dying. Like, yeah. They're like, okay, this is going to be good. Everybody else is reading theirs. We're up in front of the class, me and Robert. And... By the end of the day, we had played for his entire every class. Oh. <laughs> he, he kept bringing us back and ended up doing like a couple live covers on to boot. It's so good. And so I got the bug. I got like, okay, maybe I do want to join your band. So I showed up at their rehearsals and they already had a singer, like two of them. So I'm like, <laughs> so we're just doing a bunch of covers. I'm like, well, y'all are doing Dave Matthews covers. I'll do like some U2 or live or something, you know? So it it was like a kind of like you go do an open mic night and you just play a bunch of different stuff and there's no genre. There's like you play stuff people know. And, and uh, that lasted a minute. And then I was like, I I, want to start my own thing. So I broke off and, and my friend who was living with me at the time and my best friend, he, he picked up bass the same time I picked up guitar. And by the way, Robert started showing me guitar chords and then it took off. All of a sudden, my interest is is peaked. And You needed the right people and the, the right, right music. Yeah. So that was the yeah. time where I was like, okay, I, I, I think I'm I think I can do this. And we did talent shows and the the rest is history. Like I, I just started writing songs and um and uh as a matter of fact, I um my one of my first big concerts i won tickets to see live i called the station this was back when stations would answer they weren't having a contest but i was like hey if i can sing like ed kowalczyk can i can i get tickets to the show and they're like oh boy this is going to be good and so i um you did it and blew their minds and they were like uh hold on a minute (laughs) Let me put you on hold. And now it's on the radio and now they're playing it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is happening. And I, I had my acoustic guitar. So I, I put the phone down and what live song turned my head. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was it anyone caught in your mystery? You know, I was just Does doing my Ed best. No. <laughs> oh yeah. He knows. He knows. I, yeah. Yeah. I actually talked to him the other day. Okay. Um, he, uh, that's he really knows. impressive. And, and so I, I, get tickets to see the show. And I'm like, I think my, this might be like my thing. After I saw that show, I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. 1997 secret Samadhi. That was the show that like, I was like, I'm going to do that. 
That's incredible. Yeah. We were so lucky that we had the 90s during our imprinting oh my God, period. Yes. We were the luckiest. Yes. I mean, so many great, I'm the same as you with vocalists, melody. Yeah. It was just, it was a renaissance. And it's us, like you, you said, know? the videos were ubiquitous. They were yeah. everywhere. You couldn't get it. Now you have to like look, who's yeah. got a video out? I got to look for it. It's like an afterthought. Yeah. The video was everything. Yeah. I mean, you could argue it was the Smells Like that, Teen Spirit oh, that video. Was, they, they, they were the precursor of the song. Of like course. I saw the video first and then I'm like, oh, right. I like the song. The, I saw the Black Hole Sun video. First of all, Chris was the most gorgeous creature yeah. ever. And well, I, I actually, I was styling my hair like that from that, from that video. And that video yeah, was the so spiked good. The I was like, but I could never get it as good as his. Nobody could. Yeah. Nobody could. Yeah. The most beautiful man in history. Yeah. Oh, that's an incredible story. Yeah. Wow. So music's your thing. Prior to American Idol, you had auditioned for Rockstar in Excess, yeah, right? Yeah. But it, but you didn't make the cut. So how did you still have the courage to then pursue American Idol? That happened in the same year. So, okay. um, so it was kind of this thing where I was like very against doing anything like that because, you know, I'm in my head going, my heroes would never do this. Right. Prince would never do this. You know, yeah. uh, Chris Cornell would never do this, you know, but also there was no internet. Oh, well, there was internet, but there was the, the, there was no, like, there were no platforms. You like didn't have that. the platforms yeah. to get your music out there at, at any given turn. Like anybody can, oh, MySpace, I think was all we had. Yeah. That wasn't really, I don't think people were really getting discovered that way. Not for, for, that wasn't a music it, focused platform. Record labels more. weren't hip to that that yet, and right. so in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna get discovered in the clubs. You know, that's how it's gonna be. It's gonna be the old school way. They weren't doing that either, right? And um, at least in Greensboro, North Carolina, and and so I felt like at that point I'd been doing this for like close to ten years, spinning wheels. Yeah, you know, and my wife was always like. You're uh she would say things like your 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 band is holding you back. You need to you need to not be so focused on that making it and go just be heard. You know, and she really recognized your potential. And 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 you're so focused on this idea of how to make it that you're probably missing out on on other opportunities. So she would suggest things like, oh, just go on like Star Search or whatever. And I was no, no, never, not doing that, not doing that. Go on American Idol, no, not doing that. And then Rockstar NXS comes along and I'm like, hmm, this seems more like my lane, yeah. you know? Um, and even the audition was in this dingy club in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this, this feels, this feels, this like feels right. And so I, I, I showed up with my acoustic guitar. Uh, by the way, I, I sent in a VHS to get their attention in the first place. That was how Smart. you had to send. VHS. You had to send in a VHS. It's amazing. And they contacted me and said you could get a private audition. And I did, by the way, my v, the VHS was me doing Till Tuesday, Voices oh, Carry. <laughs> I love Voices. I mean, Voices Carry is one of the great I just songs. wanted to, to do something do you like. you still have, I need to hear this. I, I, I don't have that video. Uh. I don't. I don't. They, you should I cover never got that though again. You should do that again. That would be a good story, that wouldn't it? That really would be like, good. Like, this is really where it started. Um, and uh, and then I went to the audition and I played like Desire from U2. And uh, 
did the interviews and everything and it was looking good. It was like, oh man, they're, they're asking me a lot of questions that feel like you would ask if someone's actually going to be on the show. Months go by, I hear nothing, I hear nothing. And I had the producer's phone number and I called her. I was like, um, just, is there, I just need to know anything. Yes. So that I can mentally move on move with on. my life. Yeah, totally. You know? Because every day I'm just like, oh my God, this could be the, the this could be it. This could be the moment. Like this could be the biggest opportunity. Oh. Like I'm I'm spending money before it like I'm I'm just thinking of like all the possibilities, happening. right? Yeah. And I get a hold of her and she's like, Yeah, they they just think and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect of we think this show would actually hurt you. Interesting. I thought that was just a nice way of saying we don't want you. But she was like they they really think you've got something that that they feel is not right for this band but we also feel like this show could limit you in some way and i was like okay all right um whatever and then i watched the season and i was just like maybe i'm kind of glad i wasn't on that um mm-hmm. and it it didn't feel like for whatever reason, I I kind of felt like, oh, this I feel like peace about this. Like this isn't. I'm not sitting back here going, that could have been me. Right. Oh, seething, you know. And then American Idol season four comes out, and so I'm watching. Now I'm like, maybe maybe there's something to this. And it wasn't the same as I remembered previous seasons. It wasn't the same pop stuff to track. It didn't feel like a karaoke show Mm -hmm. this particular season for whatever reason. Oh, there's a live band. Oh, like they're doing rock music. Oh, they're doing other stuff. And um, that was the season with Bo, Bice, Mm -hmm. Carrie Underwood, and and Constantine. And I was like, nobody's doing modern rock, but at least this feels like maybe there's a space for me. Right. So I, I kind of got it in my head at this point. You know, I didn't make this one. Well, what's it going to hurt right. to, to audition? And, um, and so it was, uh, it was a very, very vivid, terrifying process. I remember being in uh, Denver, Broncos Stadium, because... The audition I was going to go to was in Memphis, which was going to be the closest to North Carolina at the time. They canceled it because Hurricane Katrina, and now they're using the FedEx forum to house um, people. So they canceled that audition. And I'm like, um, well, that's the closest thing to here. The next audition is in Denver. My job like, literally raised money for me to fly to Denver. Oh. Um, what were you doing at the time? I was, was a service job? advisor at a car dealership. Okay. Um, I know jack shit about cars. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can make you believe anything. Um, <laughs> I'm a good salesman. It. And uh, so I go and it's just me. And I'm, I get up at like five in the morning and I'm in the parking lot. I stay at the, the Red Lion in the, in the parking lot of the Broncos Stadium. And I walk over and I'm in line. And at this time, there's maybe a couple hundred people in line. I'm the early bird. And I'm just, I'm ready. And we get our tickets 
little tear off ticket and you go and you sit in the stands and there's like 10,000 people here in these stands and you wait for your number to be called and we go down to the field and there's a there's a line of producers that are probably if my memory serves me correctly 15 20 feet apart and each producer has a line and in each line person steps up all at the same time to each individual respective producer so you're kind of hearing you know in your peripheral other people singing and oh, everything man that is so Complete stressful chaos. and distracting and overwhelming and i walk up how are you up, staying sane during this and i walk up Holy cow. and he's like what's your name i tell him he's like and go and i just belt out i put a spell on you ccr's version mm-hmm. and it must have been like the loudest thing on the field because everybody kind of Stopped and looked at me, and then he was like, "All right, you're in." Oh and my god! I barely got twenty seconds of it in, and then that's so strange. I got to go do paperwork, and then you got to go audition for the executive producers, and so and which was the next day. But while I'm doing paperwork, that producer comes find me and goes, "Hey man, come here, come here." And introduces me to another producer named Megan, Megan Michaels, and says, can we go in this room real quick? Hey, do what you did for me, man. Do what you did for me. And like, this isn't even part of the I audition at this even. point. So I'm like, now I'm now I'm just like singing for other people. And and they were all like, oh, man, this is the, and I'm just like, oh, my God, th- this is actually happening. Oh, my God, this this could this, this could, could be, be it. it. And so I sing for the executive producers and they weren't nearly as impressed Um, Uh. and sang the same song, sang the same song. And they're like, yeah, it's a little raspy. Um, Maybe, uh, maybe come back uh, when you do it for the judges. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, 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 so this is, yeah, yeah, just do something like maybe like Joe Cocker or something. I'm like, okay. And And they're like, like the letter. I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I do what they ask. Oh, so they suggested that If song. I do okay. what they ask, then right. maybe I'll get in. And so I like, but but I'm thinking this is going to be tomorrow. But because auditions were pushed because of the, well, now I got to come back two weeks from now. Oh, no. For the judges. Now I'm just like hating my life at this work. This is the worst. Oh, my God, because now I'm still working and I'm just like. Knowing, like, this is going to happen, and I'm stuck here right now. So I'm, like, the worst employee for, like, two weeks. So I go back. Now you really didn't know anything about cars. You were like, I'm not even pretending. Now, I now I'm not even pretending to y'all know about the cars. don't even know. And I can't say anything because right. I'm under, like, oath. Yeah. And I'm just like, y'all don't even know. Yeah, I ain't going to be here next year. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And the longest two but weeks they all, in her life. They all know that right. I auditioned, but they know I can't say anything. They're like, yeah, he he got in. Right. But at this point, I still don't know because I haven't. So I go and I'm and and I'm auditioning for these for the three judges. And this is, you're wearing the hat for this audition, right? Because I went back <laughs> yes. and watched it. It's amazing. It's so embarrassing. All of that is embarrassing. The sideburns. Wait, why was the hat the choice? I just don't like- fucking know. <laughs> I was obsessed with I think I saw 
somebody in the 90s wear this cool straw <laughs> cowboy hat. Maybe it was Scott Weiland. <laughs> right. And I just wanted one. Right. And and That's I just fair. thought- Anything Scott Weiland does yeah, is cool. So I, I, I think I remembered seeing him and I was just like, That's so cool with folded up on the sides. That's yeah. awesome. And and so I was such an impo- imposter for, you know, for years. I was like, whatever they're doing is cool. I want to do that. I was terrified in this audition. Like, absolutely. I mean, you could see it on my face. I barely moved. All I was focusing on was getting the notes out, being in key. I was robotic as, as you could be. And so at the time... That's what Simon had said about and you. And he was absolutely correct. And that's what people don't realize is like, I... You know, everyone for years, fuck him, man. He, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, I'm a person who takes criticism and I take a step back from it and mm-hmm. I try to find the truth in it. I try to find what's what's really being said here. Okay, there, there's usually not smoke without fire, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be some thing some that made truth. him say that. Right. So I would watch that and I'm like, yeah. You also weren't this person then. I wasn't that. You hadn't I wasn't, had any of this experience. I had no idea yeah. who I was then. I thought I did, but I had no idea. And and so I remember um, the end of the day, I'm out on the street outside of the the convention center, and Simon is getting in his car, and I'm like, nobody's around him. I, I can go say something. And I was like, hey, man, um, I just wanted to let you know I'll, I'll prove you wrong in Hollywood. And he and he just winked at me and said, "You do that." That's and I knew at that moment he saw something, mm-hmm. but he wasn't letting me get off easy. And I love that because it it forced me to really prepare myself for the next step and the next phase in Hollywood Week and the, and being on the show. I was like, I'm I am not gonna think that. I know what I'm doing here and I'm just going to go do me. I'm going to listen to people. I'm going to, I'm going to really soak it in and, and be a sponge here. And, um, cause I'm thinking I'm going to get on this show. I'm going to play songs that nobody's heard of in the, in, in at least in this audience. Right. And I'm going to get kicked off like week one or two. But people will know my name and I can get more gigs at home. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's that's your thinking. That's as forward thinking as I was. You had no idea you were going to get as far along as you absolutely did. Absolutely astonished. So each week you're like, I made it. So I made it again. Then it starts to get in your head like, oh, my God. I, I might win this thing. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's telling me that. And and that's the worst. When people start telling you, oh, you're going to win this. Oh, you, this is a shoe in When everybody starts saying that, it is like the kiss of death. That's the danger. Yeah. And I was just like, I didn't want to win this show. My, I literally just wanted to be a musician that could do this and not that. Yes. And make my living doing this and not being at a day job. No offense to people who have a day job wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I, I knew from the very early age when I was five years old, I didn't know what I was going to do, but it was going to be something big. And I always told my mom that I was like, I'm going to do something big. And that's incredible. And, it was a feeling that you had. Yeah. And I knew that I was, you know, my, my second record, leave this town was about that. And knowing that I was never going to be there. Like I, I, all respect for where I grew up, but I knew there was nothing there for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I was going to have to 
make a move to 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 do something whether it was art whether it was acting what it it didn't matter i knew it was going to be something creative something artistic and it was going to be bigger than 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 anything in that town right and that wasn't me being cocky it was just this feeling i had from a very early age and i don't even know where that unshakable confidence came from that i just oh this is like there's no question this is going to happen it was like, innate I always felt yeah. that and then it was in my earlier 20s when I was like, is it, I don't know if it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I still always had this vision in my head, like if I see it, it's going to happen. And I always saw myself doing it. And I feel like if you can envision anything, and if you picture it long enough, you're going to find yourself there at some point. You can manifest it. Yeah, you manifest it by by your own actions and the things you do that that align with that goal. And you create your own reality, right? I didn't know that at the time. I know that very well now. And, and how the universe works and, 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 oh, if I just do the things that, that, that are going to align with this body I want, then it's going to happen. If I want to, if I want to be doing this for a living and I do the things that align with that, it's going to happen. And it's been proven over and over and over again. And that's how my life works. And, um, and so, I'm on this show now and I don't know where it's going to go. I don't, I, I'm, I'm all of a sudden getting an offer to sing for fuel. Like That's my crazy. head's about to explode here. Like what is happening? And you get in this mindset of like, oh, but what if I win? Is that really what I want? But when you're in a race and all of a sudden you think you can win, why not? Of course you want to so win. So you keep running. Yeah. And, and, then it didn't happen. So there was, there was this moment of, of deflation. Oh, my God. And then I had to take a step back. Wait, 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 that's wait. That's not wait, what wait. it was this about, is, though. That's not what this was right. about. This is an ego thing now because you just, you just got humiliated on t TV. You lost. Not humiliated, but, you right. know, you're like, you, you didn't win. You didn't win. You shocked everybody. You didn't win. Get over it. And so, obviously, for 15 years people are still like, I voted for you. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, you didn't fucking vote enough. No. <laughs> what? So like the show was obviously an incredible platform and launch pad. Yeah. But like, what was the biggest takeaway for you? Because that must've been such a game changer just for your own skill set, being under such high yeah. stakes, the pressure as a performer. You know what's funny? Um, the year after they started doing, in they started allowing their contestants to, to play instruments. Right. And I was so pissed off. I was like, you know what? I could have done better. I don't know. I, I would have been way, way more comfortable if, up there with my guitar. And I'm like, no, that was the beauty of it. Right. I right. couldn't hide behind anything for the first time. I was always in a band. I was always with my guitar. I was never forced to just perform. And that was the biggest takeaway. I, I got to get out of my comfort zone 100%. I had to stare at a camera. Right. I, anyone who's ever seen me live knows that 80% of the show, my eyes are closed to a fault. I miss a lot. And it was, uh, it was, it was, I, I took a lot of lessons from that. Just being able to um, learn how to be a front man, I guess, mm -hmm. without, without, 
or a front person without without hiding behind my guitar or holding on to a mic stand for safety. And I still didn't figure it out until like a couple years ago because I still I would look at video. I'm like, oh my god, I'm 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 posturing so hard. I'm doing what I've seen other people do, and I I wasn't free. I didn't feel like in the me. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. I was doing what I thought I should do. I'm more free on stage now than I've ever been. And it's the best feeling in the world because I'm not thinking. I'm just doing. I'm just performing. I'm just feeling whatever. I'm feeling whatever's coming through me at the time. And and so even if it didn't happen right away, it 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 definitely um forced me to know what that felt like to to not be, you know, restrained or constrained by by an instrument or um yeah That's just kind of out in, out in the front based on record sales you are the third most successful uh former contestant behind kelly clarkson and carrie underwood yeah. there were so many talented people that you know just their careers did not continue you have of course continue to do your best better and better and better you have to put out your best music your best video what do you attribute to your longevity um and like Carrie and and Kelly versus other people who've had a similar platform or. Yeah. I mean, it would certainly be easy to give up. It would Mm -hmm. certainly be easy to, once you saw the decline of record sales to just go, well, I guess the best is behind me. And I, and I think I did go through a phase where I was worried that the best was behind me and that I had already done, you know, and I was only basing that on numbers. I wasn't basing well, that. Because your debut album Daughtry yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, as that far. was completely unexpected. Was was it the fastest selling rock album on SoundScan yeah. history? That's, like that is insane. That, that stat still feels like a huge lie to me. But um, every time I hear it, it it it's kind of like I'm hearing someone else's story. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that really is a mindfuck when all this stuff happens so quickly and then the next record does okay, not nearly as good as the the first one and then the next record does barely half of what the second one does and you start to equate your success to numbers and and go, "Oh, well the best stuff is behind me." I barely like my first record artistically speaking. I I respect it for what it did for me. I respect it for what it has allowed me to do. And and the 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 platform it allowed me to uh or the or the the level of success I was allowed to reach because of it. Artistically speaking, it it's not very much me. It's it's not I don't feel like I had a lot to say back then. I didn't feel like I lived. I didn't have a, a broad world view um, of how the world works, of how um, of, of of people getting to travel the world and see how other people live and how other people, uh, other cultures work. You know, I was in such a small southern bubble yes you know Mm -hmm. and 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 so the last you know five or more years has been spent deconstructing what i grew up believing what i grew up hearing and being taught and now i i feel 
like I can fully be myself and I feel like I have something to say and I feel like I've lived through a lot and that it feels like success to me. Like I'm able to put that into music now. Like someone asked me the other day, like what, what song has gotten you through a hard time? Like, and I'm instantly going, I don't know of a song out there that, that I've listened to that when I was going through a hard time where I was like, Oh, that brought me comfort. But what I do know is me getting it out into my own music brings a lot of um, comfort and it's very cathartic and, and therapeutic. And, and I wasn't allowing myself that freedom early on because I was thrown in rooms with these writers and, and, and these producers and, and, and I, I'm listening to what other people are doing and I'm writing my version of that as opposed to what do I have to say? What, and obviously there are very personal songs on those records. Don't get me wrong. I can go back and go, Oh, that's about this. That's about this. I just feel like I was limiting myself in what I was allowing to be shared. And dearly beloved was, was that record that, that I felt I'm writing for me. I'm not writing for radio. I'm not writing for a number. I'm not, I'm not writing to, to appease this format or this. I'm writing what feels right to me and, and allowing that to be the barometer. If I feel something when I'm listening to this, if I feel something when I'm, when I'm in the booth and I'm, I'm cutting these vocals and that feels right to me. You know? That's as powerful and, and as it gets. And there's a bunch of songs on those older records where I remember just begrudgingly being in that booth, just like going through the motion. Fucking sing this, really? Mm-hmm. There's a couple songs, you know, that were kind of thrown on me that that I didn't write that that I kind of have PTSD over. Like mm-hmm. it's like that f- doesn't feel like me, regardless of how well it did on the charts. That's interesting. Yes. You know, it I've had to I've had to kind of be bullish about the fact I'm not playing that one. Yeah. It, that wasn't me then. It's definitely not me now. And you as a fan deserve to see me and my true authentic self. If that's not cool with you, then I'm okay with that too. Yes. You know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm okay with losing fans if they're not okay with this quote unquote new direction, which is my old direction. Um, because I had to get out of my own way and realize that I have to stop thinking about pleasing everyone that, that only knows me from a very small phase in my life that wasn't very authentic. If I, if I have to be hundred percent honest and, and now being embraced by rock radio again has just been like, like it brings tears to my eyes. Like I'm, I'm, it feels so right. And I'm not worried about, you know, are we number one or we, are we this, are we that? It's like that community feels like home to me and, and, all these bands that have embraced us, you know, and have welcomed us back in that format with open arms. And, um, 
you know, like people like Draymond and, mm-hmm. and, you know, my, all our family in seven dust and, and, uh, so many peers that, that, that have mutual respect for us and, and as fans and friends, it, it's very validating and, and it feels like I can breathe again. Like <sighs> this feels like where I was supposed to be from day one. The authenticity is mm. the liberation. Mm-hmm. That's success. That's incredible. Absolutely. What an empowering feeling. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. What about new music? I know you're still doing your bare bones tour. Yeah, yeah. Focusing we're, on we're that. We're less than two weeks from being done on that. And uh, I'm back in the studio in November. So um, we've got about half the record written. Um, I don't necessarily think we're going to just be like, here's the record. Yeah. You know, we're kind of rolling it out a little differently than, than we've done in the past because a couple things, I think, I think the attention span is just not what it used to be. Right. And I feel like if you just drop a record, sometimes it's wasted. It, it, you, it, you've already given them everything and, and it's forgotten about two weeks later, as opposed to this is my favorite thing I'm doing right now. I love Check this that. Out. Listen to this. And this only. And when you're tired of that, we'll have something else for I you. I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Keeping that consistency for fans. Yeah, I've like, got, we've got stuff in the chamber. That's amazing. So we, we've got uh, a few that we're like, you know, is this the second single? We think it is. It's probably going to be a little more personal, a little more, a little more, personal, okay. little more, little more um, you know, a little more, uh, you know, reflective of, some of the things that I've gone through in the last couple of years and dealing with, with loss and, um, but it's, it's very heavy. Oh my. Yeah. So, so sonically, sonically very heavy and thematic, you know, subject matter subject too, matter, but, yeah. um, there's going to be a lot of that on this record. I, I, I don't think there's any way around it. Um, kind of like I said, when, you know, how I cope with, you know, heartbreak loss and and just you know unimaginable hard times that 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 no one should ever have to go through it has to come out in the music like i don't have a choice right you know it has and and i feel like um there's a there's a tightrope of how do i present this without making you feel like you want to slit your wrists, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, there's some sort of silver lining and some hopeful thread because I've gone through all the emotions I've gone through, you know, the, just the, the gamut of, of emotions. And there is, there is hope at the other side of that, you know, there is, you know, lessons to be learned from, you know, hindsight when you lose someone and you go, oh, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have done this. I didn't the get guilt, to do this. The guilt. the guilt is heavy. You know, um, you know, one of the one of the hardest things, um, if I'm being like really vulnerable mm-hmm. right now, one of the hardest things with losing my daughter was the last time I saw her, and she wasn't doing very well. Um I don't know what she was on. Didn't matter. I was just trying to be there for her, but I wasn't. I was trying to fix her, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I remember she said, you know, she was a little out of it, but she was like, can you take me to the store to get cigarettes? And I was like, let's just hang out and 
talk. I wish I would have just taken her to get those fucking cigarettes, you know, and not tried to um, impose my holier than thou, like, all you got to do is this. All you got to do is this. Mental illness is a bitch. And, um, and I encourage anyone out there who's dealing with the deepest dark places of their mind, which we all look, yeah. we, we are all batshit crazy at the end of the day. Let's be it's honest. True. And we're all one bad day away from just being in, you know, down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But it's how we cope with it and it's how we, you know, process it and how we deal with it. And some people are better at it than others. There's no shame. <laughs> there is no shame. If you're dealing with shit that, that is just too heavy for you to bear, I promise you there's somebody else in your circle that, that understands. Absolutely. So if it's not your, yeah. it doesn't matter. There's someone that you can talk to um, because I do feel that if you're able to just get past that one day where you felt like it was worth ending, then there is something better on the other side of that. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you do when you're feeling down? How do you sort of get through? Oh my God, I am, I am the worst. I am, I am the biggest self-doubter. I'm the biggest, you know, I, I, I feel like I have imposter syndrome at, at all the time. Even coming on this show, I'm like, oh, like she has like, like these are real artists, oh. you know, like, you know, I'm being serious. Like I, I, that's the stuff that I tell myself and I have to, I, I have two people over here all the time and I'm always like shutting him up and, and, you know, the gym has certainly been mm-hmm. a huge, huge tool in my belt to battle, um, depression or anxiety or, or self doubt or, um, and just, you know, just having people around you that you can like share yes. shit with that, that might be uncomfortable and, and having, it doesn't have to be a big circle. I, as a matter of fact, I suggest the smaller, the better, mm-hmm. um, having someone in your circle that, that gets you from all angles and that you feel that you can share anything with, without judgment, without, um, that safe space. Yeah, that, that yeah. safe space, you know, and and because sometimes just hearing yourself out loud, you already answer your own question. Yes. And you know the answer. You just have to allow yourself to say it. And and um yeah, um it's easy to escape, you know. And yeah. and I and I definitely went through my phase of escaping and and um and just kind of burying myself in my own self-doubt and and um you know just the the negative self-talk you know yeah which is so toxic it's a very very terrible habit toxic because once you get on that on that role it's so easy to to keep doing i have to like i have people around me telling me all the time like focus on the positive focus on the positive don't look at this let's look at the big picture so you have people around you that that help you kind of reframe things and, mm-hmm. and get a new perspective. My manager's one of them. You know, he's constantly like talking me off the ledge, you know? Um, it's essential to have those yeah. people. And, and 
I, 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 I guess the only reason I wanted to say all this is because sometimes people look like they have it all together and we all struggle with, with no one has the, it all together. the negative self-talk and the, the, some people just are better at coping with it than others mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing, and, and it took me a long time to get there. So, um, and my kids are like everything to me. Oh. So, um, you know, I, I, I always try to like, just think of the impact any of my actions would have on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and try to kind of look at it through that lens. Absolutely. Yeah. The children are the most grounding force. Yes. Yeah. I read somewhere, someone said that you are the Keanu Reeves of the music industry, which mm-hmm. I wanted to share with you. I have never heard this. I saw it somewhere. That is the and best I, thing I I've ever to, heard. I was like, this is a perfect moment for me to share this with you. Oh my God. Because first of all, Keanu has sat in that chair on my show. So you and Keanu are now connected. I feel his energy. But I saw that and I was like, that's beautiful. Oh. That's like the ultimate compliment. Who, where, I've never heard that. And I could not receive a better compliment than that. Isn't that the that. best? I really wanted because to share I've that with you. I've never met him, but I've only heard He's a beautiful, the best a beautiful stories person. about anyone who's ever talked to him, met him. I've And, and in any interview I've, I've listened to, I'm like, I love this guy. He is a wonderful Oh, that was another person. one I watched. I watched, uh, I watched uh, some of the... The clips from that episode. I love him. Oh, he's I, the best. I'm a huge John Wick fan. Oh, me like, too. Love that me series too. to death. Just rewatched it all from the from front to back uh, ah, recently. So good. Yeah. But I just wanted to share that light with you. You just made I my feel day. Like that's a that, good. That one. is my takeaway from this interview. If you're ever is that I am, down. I am the Keanu Reeves of the music industry. Yes. I will take it. And I will own. You heard that. it here on the Allison Thank Hagen you. Show. Thank you. Amazing. I love it. All right, let's do deep cuts. Mm. Let's go. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Oh, God. I feel like I've named it all yeah. uh, already, but um, it, it doesn't have to be the one. Right. It can just be a, a one. A one, yeah. Oh, it changed my life. Um, Soundgarden, super unknown. Same. We really share this. Yeah. That, that record was... Um, Start to finish in sequence. Unlike anything I'd ever heard before in my ears. It was just like something went off and I'd never heard just that those sonics and those vocals and those melodies and ah uh, i could go on i could go on I'm about that you. record okay we can do an All entire right. episode yeah, yeah, yeah. you we and could, i yeah let's do it <laughs> first concert that really moved you that was live secret samadhi yes. in 1997 what is a song that you wish you wrote oh god i have tons I, I, we actually do a segment in our show this is a song i wish i wrote oh really yeah. um and it's I've got a list, but um, I always say that I would love to write a song with Bernie Toppin because his lyrics are so just who thinks of that? Like, yes. Like how is Goodbye, this even possible? Right. I mean, come on. That That is a song that will never, ever be written again. And I wish I wrote that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually a really good call. <laughs> the key changes, the the melody. I mean, the combination between Elton's melodies and Bernie's lyrics, it's absolutely that's magic. It's a dynamic duo that will never happen. That is ever something again. that yeah. that is lightning in a bottle. It is lightning in yeah. a bottle. It's like a Lennon McCartney situation. Yeah. These two people that come together, you know, Stephen and Joe. Yeah, you know, um, favorite movie. Oh God, um, 
I have a tie between three. Okay. Two of them are Tim Burton. One could have been a Tim Burton movie. Um, 89 Batman. Oh, okay. Beetlejuice. Yeah. And The Crow. Oh, these are incredible. And yeah. each one had an amazing soundtrack. They're, those movies are, if they're on, I cannot be bothered. Right. <laughs> like, stay away from yeah, me. Yeah. I'm busy. And I, I just and I just visited Brandon Lee and Bruce Lee's grave I recently. I saw that. And um and it just brought that back and I was like, wow. oh, I gotta watch this movie again. Yeah. And I've I'm seen it a million times. Oh, you have amazing taste. Yeah. I'm with you on all three and those choices. Soundtracks are the soundtracks are undeniable. Even yeah. just the soundtrack yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my god, the crow, I can't even. If you were not a musician, what would you be? I mean, I I kinda gotta go back to my first love, comic book artist. Yeah. Yes. Did you draw that Batman? Yeah. You drew that? Yeah. You are incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, um, wow. I, uh, I don't draw as much as I used to. I'll do like a piece a year. I'm, I'm one of those people. And this is why I didn't go into it because it's like I get over it really quick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm too, I got to be doing something active. So me sitting at a desk for like eight hours just did not appeal to me. But I love accomplishing a piece and then I'm done moving on while. yeah well that was quite the piece thank you what thank do you, you do you do anything with them do you do you display them we've, or frame them we've um we've sold prints before um uh I haven't put in that I haven't put that one out that yet. one's really I mean it's so intricate oh, it's thank so you. gorgeous thank you. I was like wow I didn't realize the level of talent that you had I do I do most of my art on an iPad now because I erase more than I draw. So I'm, like, got it, got so I'm it. constantly like tweaking proportions and stuff. But um, it is, I mean, it's pencil and ink, you know, I guess respectively, but just on digital paper. Wow. Yeah. It's really impressive, Thank Chris. You. If you could meet any celebrity dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. There's, there's a lot. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love this. Back yeah. to the acting. Yeah. Again. Is that something you'd want to pursue? I, I would. Yeah. yeah, I would. Um, and if if I'm being fully transparent, I'm hoping that video is, is a calling card. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I, I do I do have a love for, you know, the physicality of, of action films. And but I also love the art of acting. And and um, I, I've done a few things, but. Nothing that 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 really got people's attention, but I feel like if I was given the right material, I feel like I've lived enough life now where I would be able to tap into yeah. those emotions uh, from a more real place, mm-hmm. as opposed to this uh, just this fantasy of wanting to be an actor. Right, I feel like right, I would right. actually have something to pull from. Um, but yeah, I, I I do I do love when I'm on a video set. You know, and I'm doing things that that are outside of the the musical performance. That's fun for me. Like yeah. I love, I just love uh, being somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and just absolutely. acting. Yeah, it's just fun. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, Let's just put it I'm out there. Putting it out We're in the universe. Yeah. It. I love that. What is the greatest risk you've ever taken? Uh, probably going on American Idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and and getting married at twenty. You were so young. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It all worked out. It with all your beautiful worked out. family. Yeah. Do you have words you live by? Yeah. I, I, there's a couple quotes that come to mind. Um, and, and it's just because of the place I am in my life right now. It's, 
it's so it's so contrived or not contrived, but it, it feels like it's maybe cliche to say, but be yourself. Everyone else is taken, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did hear this really cool quote from Rick Rubin when I was listening to his book. And this is something that I've had to like teach myself because I'm uh, if you would have interviewed me maybe five or six years ago, I would have interrupted you at every turn. And this quote really stood out to me. Let me see if I get it right. To listen impatiently is to hear nothing at all. That's absolutely right. And that really hit me. I was like, oh, when you're always thinking about what you want to say, you're missing everything. So that is something that I try to live by on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. I'm like, yeah. listen, I'm like listening. Yeah. Lastly, what do you hope your children learn from you? Uh, that it is okay to fully unapologetically be yourself. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever want to steer them in, in any direction. I want them to find their path like I found mine. No one ever tried to push me into this direction. My parents never laid out this idea in their head of what they thought I should be. Anytime I would ever have these big ideas of what I was going to do with my life, it was always met with awesome oh. or, or wow. hope you have a good job. You know, when I told my dad I wasn't going to college, I'm going to be a rock star. He said, cool, just make sure you have a good job. (laughs) You know, that's the best advice. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Chris, what a joy it is to be with you. Likewise, a joy is all mine. Thank you. And I'm so excited for this next chapter. Thank you so much. please share the new music with me as soon as you're able to. You will be the first. Oh, my God. Thank you, Chris. Awesome. Thank you. Chris and I really connected on this one. I'm loving the new music, and I can't wait to hear more. It is now time for my sound advice. New music you need to know on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. Kicking it off with a new one from today's guest, Daughtry. His latest song is a banger. It's an incredible song for your workout playlists, especially after you see this video. I personally know the work required to get to this caliber. I have the utmost respect for Chris's dedication and his physique, the video, this music. It's an inspiration for all of us. Check out the latest from Daughtry, Artificial. Also this week is the latest from my new young favorite band, Return to Dust. I have not been this excited about a new young band in ages. When you hear this song, you will understand why. Powerful double melodic vocals, driving guitarist, Sebastian the guitarist is only 17, and great emotional songwriting. I am obsessed with this band, obsessed with this one out today. It is called No Love. Next up is the latest from Los Angeles dark alt-rock duo Holy Wars. I love this band. Frontwoman Kat Leone is a force. The video for this song is not to be missed as well. So artful as she always is. The album is called Cult Classic. It comes out November 10th. But until then, listen to their latest, Body Temple. That's my sound advice this week. Search for the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist wherever you listen to music. Thank you so much, as always, for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. I would love to hear from you. So please like, comment, review, rate, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I'd love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and who I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see 
see you next week. And remember, you're a rock star. 